Well, there we are, a little bit dramatic. Maybe I should have played that to begin with before trying it out, but um, it's good to have a little heads up for the audience and also for our guests because you don't want mayonnaise across your face after eating half a sandwich as we might have had last week or maybe lads going off to get a drop of these and forgetting nine o'clock is the kickoff time and it's actually ten past nine before we get started. We will um, reveal who the blame goes to on that regard in a few moments' time. But hello and welcome along. It is, of course, the Left Wing Back podcast and it is the Hurling Show once again. We have plenty of discussion to get through um among our running order this evening we are going to talk about uh the fail at the weekend we're going to talk about under 20s under 17s and um, junior intermediate senior you name it we also have team of the week to announce we have a player of the week to announce we're going to talk about carlo camogie's um big win at the weekend keeps them in the intermediate ranks for 2022 and Plenty more besides. A bit of post-match reaction coming your direction as well from the weekend. We did, of course, share a couple of snippets at the weekend with um, uh, Connor Phelan, Mullins Rangers manager after their win over St. Mullins. And we also shared uh, Gavin Nolan, the Bindestown manager, after their win over Ballon-Killen. Tonight, we will hear from Marty Mouse-Kavna, Alfie Corcoran and Owen Larkin. But, as usual, I'm delighted to welcome Joe Nolan and Stevie Bambrick onto the podcast. Stevie's back from his uh, brief little sabbatical. And um, yeah, good to have you, lads. How's things? Well, good. Well, good. We better get the blame okay. out of the way. Drop. So, we better, we better get the blame out of the way there, Stevie. <laughs> 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 you got the diesel for the generator uh, in this week. I'm not going to mayonnaise. I don't know what, what, whether you were expecting Joy or going to get the diesel at nine o'clock of it. Monday night in August. Yeah, you must be, you're pulling out early in the morning, obviously, boss. Yeah, back to work tomorrow, yeah. So the dream, the dream is over. Yeah, poor, poor, poor teacher. Yeah. we're off. God love him. Isn't it, isn't it terrible? I'm getting paid for it as well. Huh? Oh, here we go. That's a whole other podcast, man. Good time he's on. Look, as we said, we have a pedra stuff to get through. Um, first and foremost, quick thoughts on the other in the final. An awesome Lermig performance and... I think probably the best half of Harlan I've ever seen in the final, that first half of Limerick. Yeah, incredible. Uh, yeah, was... Sorry, Stevie, on you go. You're getting, you're warming the, you're warming the cards there. Thinking banning the goal up there. They're... Some lads say they're always... Yeah, I, was said after... I didn't say that now, that's just a quote, by the way, and just putting it out there. Right, hockey. <laughs> After ten minutes, I predicted it was going to be the highest scoring all Ireland final ever, but that wasn't that wasn't rocket science. No, um, they broke the record. What was three thirty two or three? Uh, the highest scoring aggregate final, I think, of all time as well. Uh, but Asher Cork, I know. Look, you're Limerick don't need goals, and if you give Limerick two goals in the first ten minutes, the the game is gone. You know, Kilkenny in their head, uh, they hit 22, 23, 25 points. They'll show two goals, and that's 30 points. But this is after going on to a different, a different level altogether, like, you know. So, and they'll hit probably 17 or 18 wides as well. Uh, but just, I know many again, boys, it's a cliche, but with the first goal, Luke made, I don't know whether he meant to do the back flick of a pass, but like Garrod Hegarty coming in on the ball then, and off, off of Keane Lynch, you know, just. There's only one answer coming up there, and then the the Garrod Hager to getting two goals, uh, and Galan getting one, like Galan two on two inside, 
and ended up being nearly looked more like three on two with the car player sucked to the ball and you know it was damage limitations after that uh which was they're an awesome outfit you know you're you're thinking back to the teams they had in the 70s and 80s there joe mckenna tommy quaid all these great hurlers got all their finals and it said a struggle to get 10 12 13 points in all their finals and lost be a couple of points in 96 then 94 96 uh like so Kieran Carey, Kirby, all these ways and passing as well. Like Kieran Kirby, or Kieran Carey, like was an awesome hurler, and his nephew was after just leaving him. And he's not even the best hurler in his family now at the moment. No, Keen Lynch is incredible. In fairness, he, he really is incredible. Like, but just from the the point of view of like where they rank among the all time great sides, like in my opinion, they should really. That should have been their fourth in a row the other day because like it was just a, a pure lapse of concentration i feel against kenny a couple of years back which which ultimately cost them um a couple of decisions as well maybe on the day let's be honest about uh steps for a goal and namely a 65 but but for that lapse in concentration i believe it is four and they could be going for five in a row i still think they could get actually five in a row if you look at the age profile of the side it's just ridiculous i think Hegarty is what he's under 25 Elan is under 25 or the morrissey's the same like Declan Hannon, perhaps is near enough the oldest outfield player at twenty nine or thirty, yeah, uh, give or take. Like so, that's that's a scary prospect for a few years' time. So look, lads, we'll we'll leave it at that because we're focusing on the club stuff here. There's enough lads talking about the All Ireland, which sure nobody talks about poor Carlo. So we'll do our best here to, to keep promoting local stuff anyway. Um, just like with let, let's start with the failed stuff because I thought Burn Rangers were the story of the weekend. I know we're picking a team of the week later on, which we're going to reveal, but they actually were the team of the week. The team of the week, and that was the story of the week. To win a fela, like an A, an a fela, incredible stuff, Joe. You probably know what's going on out, out there a bit more because you're involved the underage devil and stuff. And, and Stevie, you as well, of course. You have a lad in around that age, so it's um it's serious stuff. And we will come to the B final as well in a moment. Yeah, a wonderful achievement by Warren Rangers. Um, to beat Manchester Rangers, I think it was what two pints and was it three two to eight pints or three two to nine pints or something like that. And then they played a they played in the group stage as well. I think there was only a pint in it as well um, the, the night before or whatever, or day before. Um, so, yeah, very an excellent win for him. In fairness, like we said, we, I suppose we've been talking about the club long enough on the on the podcast here or on different shows and about the work that, that's going on out there in at different levels. And I suppose, like you said, Stevie sees it firsthand, I suppose, with his own young lad, um, you know, at that, uh, roughly at that age group as well. And you can see the progress they're making. I suppose I, I, I would see it maybe a bit at schools level, but also maybe and just after kind of touching base with one of the development squads there as well. And you can see the quality of the hurlers that are being produced out there by Bourne Rangers. And uh, like we said, sure, look, I mean, it, it, it's it's a wonderful thing for them. Um, you know, I, I, I really do think, I think someone mentioned here the last day, you know, about them pushing on and being another senior club in a couple of years' time uh, and they have that potential out there. And something like this, while it's small and I know there's a lot of steps between 15 and, and uh, you know, 15 and, and getting to adult grade and, 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 and keeping all those lads and et cetera, et cetera, moving it forward. But it's such a big lift for the club out there. You know what I mean? It has to be a big lift for the club out there. And it kind of puts them, you know, squarely on the map in terms of uh, in terms of their status as well. And it's, it's, it's a nice thing. You know, I know they would have won and been competitive in a lot of finals uh, prior to this as well. Maybe, it, you know, maybe it, sometimes at B level as well. But. Uh, you know, this puts them right up there as well. But I suppose, look, if you're looking at the results, they've been very competitive, as we were going to talk about as well, like other clubs there, the used to the Kenny League, down through the age groups now. Um, I think it's all the way down, nearly, you know, through all the age groups now. 
um, where Carlo teams were playing, you know, in the Kilkenny, uh, the Kilkenny league as well, and that seems to be paying off big time for all the clubs. I think getting rid of that kind of idea of, I won't say familiarity, I think it's great for the game, you know, where you're used to playing different clubs, different players, you learn a lot more, like, because, you know, if you're, you're conditioned to be to be playing the same the same teams, you know, day in, day out, you, you, you kind of just play them rather than playing the game. But yeah, an incredible story for the weekend, and uh, it was wonderful to see, and it was good news to come through on uh, on Sunday morning there. Stevie, you're involved, obviously, in the B final. Uh, yourselves in Bindestown, which Bindestown, I think, won by a point in the end. So, um, talk to that. Yeah, two points actually. Uh, one six to seven. Uh, we had a great first half. Um, there's never ranting between us ourselves and Bagnestown. Um, of course, one of our own as best. Nearly it was TJ, TJ Darcy. He, TJ, his granny be first cousin of mine. Uh, Bridget's. Uh, but like he was deadly. He scored. I think he scored a one six. He scored uh, maybe just a pint from play. But like we, we were we were well on top of the first half in in ways. We're six two up. It probably should have been more up. And they just gradually wore us back down in, in the second half, and and uh, the hope be two points and uh, fair play. As I said, there's never anything between us. And like the Born Rangers lads, we were coming out and Born Rangers were warming up on the outside pitch along with Munster Rangers. And um, so I just I went down to the intermediate match in Wishel, and after that, and I was looking, keeping an eye on the score. So I seen the score three two to eight points. I was not no, but one bit surprised because. They drew with Conhenster Rangers on Friday night, and I think with the failed to make sure there wasn't going to be a uh, to, to had to get a winner in the night uh, for that game. Uh, them two teams were probably always going to come out on the A side in that group. Uh, the one be I think uh, Rangers will be a pint after, right, yeah. and the beat Carrickton be a pint in the semi final as well. Uh, Born Rangers, so like their their games like they're they're battle hardened. They've been in the league. Look at the fought after the match. They're all lads I know very well. Tony Sinnott there would be heavily involved. I think it's from Wexford side. You, know, um, you have Kieran Bulger, Mick Bunny Nolan, um, Martin Doyle. Like they're all top men like, under the yeah. work. And you, you, you know, the, the thing about this is pretty sad in one way that they're not actually going to the real fail. If you look at it that way, and I've seen that with Grange a couple of years ago, the year was called off the COVID. Um, like we got to go two years ago to Cork. Well, it was in Kerry, we, we ended up in the Kerry part of it, but like the weekend that brings it on to a new level. And actually, seeing it even with our lads over the weekend, um, playing the matches Friday night, though I was not from Friday night, but Saturday, winning the two matches, especially a knockout game, the lift it gives young lads in the first half, always I'd never seen them playing as well as the first half yesterday, and still we probably were disappointed, we weren't more up. And as I said, like just the, the weekend itself, the motor hurling lads got into their systems, we'll call it. I just show the benefits of playing the Kilkenny League. Like there was some cracking games, cracking scores, and like the, they're twenty minutes a game, twenty minutes a side. Um, so they're they're a bit longer than normal fairly games. So I think are fifteen. So uh, two, three, or four could win a, a the fifteen minute game. Whereas these games now there weren't much more scores in it. But uh, I, I thought that was a great weekend. Obviously, get to a final. You want to say that if you won it, it'd be a brilliant weekend. But um, Back to Bourne Rangers, like the work they're doing out there. Like Martin Dyle would have heard of Kildavin back in, the, say, he's a couple of years older than I am. Uh, McNolan would have been more known as a footballer with Kildavin and Carlo. Uh, you know, so obviously these lads, have, most of these lads, if not them all, have good, they have young lads on the panels and they're all in the county under 15 squad as well. So I'm looking at them and like they're, they're as good as better than anyone in the county. So 
Uh, great, great to see that. As we said with Carlo, it's a small county. We need every man jack sticking her hand up, no matter whether it's Camogie, hurling, ladies football, football, four corners. There's not too far between one and the other, and everyone has to be rowing in for results. Like you see, the women, the women lost yesterday uh, to Antrim after extra time. I was looking at they just couldn't get that bloody second score to stay that much ahead, and it's just that. Games are at knockout stages now, and it's that stage of the year where uh, a small thing's going to turn a thing. So, you know, it's just it's back to Bourne Rangers. They're coming, and the, the probably the junior, I'd say, I'd be more surprised they don't make the semi finals now. They're a fixed match against Michel whenever that's coming up. Michel have lost their two best juniors to their intermediate team yesterday, Shane Harmon and uh, Colin Beck. So, that's surely going to give Bourne Rangers a fierce advantage in that game. Yep, and we move on to the junior a little bit later on in the programme as well, of course. But um, just in general, to touch on the progress of clubs that, you know, are either in growth phase or are looking to try and get back to where they were. So, like, Borough Rangers obviously in growth phase and clubs that want to get back to where they were. I suppose there's a kind of a, a double barrel thing to this. So, Carl Town are looking to go back to where they were, but under 15 levels stand there with them, who are obviously still in growth phase, and they won their championship. And... Um, all these things are great to see because not only, you know, is it good to see a different club winning, it's a different club in a different part of Carlo as well. Like, and maybe it actually gets more north and, you know, a little bit further up the county because the south of the county, there's never been too much of a bother there. There's always tradition and it's always number one. So great to see. And just we're on the topic of it because, like, I know we're going to talk a little bit about Carltown Intermediate level a little bit later, but let's, let's bring up a comment there because uh, Ian Keneally got, got in touch with us there last week and he made a very, very good point, lads about uh, Carlton when we were talking about the situation there. Um, I actually don't have the hand here at the moment, but pretty much it was along the lines of, you know, um, chaps having to decide at 12 o'clock, or 12 o'clock, we could be heard at 12 o'clock, <laughs> under 12, um, when they're going to, you know, if they're going to choose hurling or football, Greg Cullen lads in particular, like, and if Greg lads have to choose at that point, like, the only option they have to play hurling underage is to go up to Abbey Leagues or somewhere like that. So it's not feasible. Yeah. So what happens, they pack it in. And you'll probably see that a good bit in the CBS job because all those chaps are there and you'd have them on hurling panels and uh, probably quite good hurlers. Um, so it begs the question, I suppose, um, is it time to start thinking outside the box? Like, how do we try and work out something to, to keep these lads, even if it is? Like, should there be a kind of a... Is there, I don't know if there even is a rule there. Is there a rule there in black and white to say you can't play in both counties? Or is there a kind of a, a loophole there to exploit to keep lads going? And just one last point before I get you to answer it. Greg Cullen up until recent times, I don't know if they still do, but had a junior hurling team. So is that possibly also an Achilles heel to that suggestion? Uh, I, I don't think, yeah, no, I think I think what happens at 12 is that because they're they're registered officially, I think at first, that's the first official registration at 12. Um, because if they if they are playing football with Greg Cullen, um, that's their their kind of their hurling career gone. And Ian raised a very good point because Ian is very heavily involved. He's um, often coaching there next door to me to myself there in the national school. So he's very heavily involved with the underage and would see it. And you know, there's always good numbers there. And I suppose it, it it is a massive pity because you're putting a lot of good work into those lads and they're very keen. They're interested. And you know, and look, they want to play football with their, you know, their clubs as well. And obviously, Greg Cullen for a lot of these lads is their club. And then they're caught in that bind where you know, you know that they're lost, lost to the hurling. I mean, look, to me, it's a no-brainer. But like, look, you know, 
we're great in Ireland, you know, we make a lot of rules, like, you know, everything is a rule, oh, Jesus, like, you know, everything with the COVID or everything with the GA, you know, there's rules there, that's in black and white, until something happens, and then we're great to change them, or, you know, like we've seen a disciplinary action, we always pride, the GA prides itself in being a manly game, and suddenly then someone, something happens, and we just were, you know, well, he didn't write the letter in Irish, so I'm, I'm not certainly banned sort of thing, and I think we have to kind of, I, I definitely think in this case, you have to think outside the box, um, I, 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 and probably even in a broader sense as well, in terms of you know our club, our club alignments. Like I suppose we talked briefly there a minute ago about the idea of um, you know our, our clubs, some of the Horn clubs would have played um, you know the Kenny League and so on, and the idea of the Leinster League and so on. And we have to be progressive as well, and especially where you know where you know we're not talking about um, you know we're we're talking about here like about underage players. We're talking about uh, the lift that it would give Carlow Town. Um, they're not being lost to another club. In other words, like they are not. Uh, if if they play hurling with Carlow Town, it's not like they're stripping a club in leash of potential hurlers. You know, Great Cullen don't have, um, uh, currently don't have. They would have had in the past. They don't have underage teams. So you're not. You're not. You know. You're, they're not being stripped from other clubs. And like we know the practicalities of it. Like you could turn around and say, oh, sure, there's hurling for them there in in leash, or there's you know in, in terms of Abbey Leaks or an amalgamation somewhere further on. But that's not practical. So we are losing these young lads to Hurling. And look, you know, it, it, to me, it's kind of a, a no-brainer thing. But like, obviously, the laws of the GA are so, as we know ourselves, and I suppose you saw Kevin yourself in terms of, you know, training cross-border stuff and so on, the the difficulties that are involved. Um, but obviously, in the spirit of the game, wouldn't it be wonderful to allow uh, th- those sort of crossovers to occur? Um, I know you mentioned there about the junior team, and uh, it actually, it can be a little bit of a, you know, without say, you know, I know that there is lads now hurling maybe say from you know currently underage who would be on underage footballers with Tulla who would be playing with Born Rangers, and you know they're in a situation when they finish their their underage hurling with Born Rangers, they're going back into Tulla to to hurl their adult grade because Tulla are providing them with a with an adult team, and I know there was kind of you know mixed emotions there about that or whatever else, but that's the case there. But in ter- in terms of Greg Cullen. Currently, I don't think they've fielded, in a, uh, fielded a junior hurling team in a couple of years, number of years there. And it's, it's, it's a massive pity to see, you know, young young kids lost to the game where, you know, like I said, it's not it's not going to make or break another club, in, uh, you know, in another county. And ultimately, it's going to make hurling stronger in our in our county, you know, regardless of whether they're kicking football anywhere else. Um, it's it's a pity, you know, and it was a very good point raised by Ian. And I suppose, like I said, he sees it firsthand there. And you know, it, it, it's it's it is a massive it's a massive pity that that these lads aren't uh, been facilitated. But I suppose the rules are the rules. Definitely, yeah. And just a reminder, lads, if you want to get in touch with us, there, send a comment underneath the, the live stream post on Facebook and on Twitter. And we do have the uh, I suppose the capability to raise your point here. And in particular, I suppose when it comes to team of the week, I'm guessing lads will have have a say on that, and maybe player of the week nomination. So feel free to throw it in there and um, we, we'll certainly get to those as well and I mentioned for our sponsors Corcoran Precast Tanks um, again very grateful to have them on board for uh, the next number of weeks so thanks to all and all the lads for that as well um, but just um, to finish up on that point briefly I mean I'd love to go play a bit of junior hurling when they still I'd, I'd love to and I can't do it right? that's fair enough I'm feckin' 30 and I'm only going to play in junior hurling but like young English up here in Tleshen Evan English he's Nile English he's young lad right and he a couple of years back, was like we're saying, this lad's going to be one of the best hurlers Carlo ever had, and now he can't play with Carlo, and he's a great footballer as well. Don't get me wrong, like it's just a great pity, you know. And hopefully, something gets worked out there, and 
Um, but some lads will also argue as well. There's enough hurlers and enough lads in the town already, and they're and for different reasons they're not maybe playing. Mm. Oh, look, it's another can of worms, and there's probably plenty of talk in it. But just to, to I suppose to reiterate what we were talking about last week, a bit of communication, a bit of dialogue, would go a long way, and I'd love to see that. If someone, even if it's one of the GDAs or maybe our operations manager or something, can sit down and organise and facilitate a meeting with the football clubs and Cara Town. And involves Tantanen as well, because in a few years' time, hopefully they'll be. You wouldn't know what happened. I don't know if it'll. If, if, if you will, you will have two town clubs that at a level to see what happens. Like, but if you have that conversation and get lads together, like it will go a long way. And at least have the conversation. That's all I'd say. Yeah. Um, you might gain something by having it. You gain feck all by not having it. And that's long. Long story short. So we'll move on then to um, like under twenties and and stuff like that. So I think we're at semi final stage on Wednesday, Joe. Um. Cracking game last week yourselves and uh, and Bidenstown. A draw in the end was it three fourteen to two seventeen or something like that. So talk us through these semi finals. Uh, yeah, we'll talk you talk you through the competition first, maybe. Um, I suppose like just to give people a flavour because other years or a lot of years and you know we all would have played maybe on, well under twenty one and was the time it was kind of a straight knockout job. And um, in fairness, this year um, we had two groups where um, where each club had three games um so you know give i suppose give give any of those lads on the margins of maybe you know on the fringes of of uh junior or sorry and fringes of adult teams say who maybe aren't making or getting much game time at junior or intermediate or senior with their clubs give them a chance to hurl at their own age and i think it was it was a massive plus um from the point of view of right like i said you can look at it twofold you can look at it if you are say for us if you're jack tracy or for Bagnestown, if you're Jack McCullough or whoever else, where you're hurling, you know, under 20 midweek and senior to weekend, right? There's a lot of headaches there. And if you're a manager, you're looking at it and you're saying, Jesus, you know, I've X many senior players there. But on the flip side, um, there was a good number of players. I know, you know, Stevie will probably vouch from a brief point of view as well. There's a good few uh, players maybe who aren't getting that uh, level of hurling um, and, you know, maybe and are going to be lost lost in the cracks, as I say. So it was a massive, massive plus seed competition ran on a group stage. Um, I suppose there was, um, you know, there was a, there was the, the, the groups were kind of split into two. There was a kind of a strong group and a, and a, and a, a slightly weaker group then. And three teams came out of the stronger group to make the semi-finals, and then the, the winner of the, the second group came out as well. Um, so again, there was a, there was a lot of incentives. Um, on on our side, there was ourselves, uh, Balkillen, there was uh, Nave Owen, uh, and there was Bagnestown and Mullins, the Rangers, and absolutely massive tussles between us all. Um, uh, only a puck of a ball, really, between in any of the games. Uh, we drew our last game against Bagnestown there uh, last Wednesday, but had we got a win, we would have actually knocked them out of competition. But unfortunately, uh, we left our, our run too late. Um, we came from seven points, seven points down after going into the last uh, or after the last water break to bring it back to a draw um, in a mighty game of hurling in, in the McGrath Park. Um, so on, on our side, we have Mount Leinster Rangers have gone through uh, along with Navon and uh, Bagnestown Gales. And then on the far side, um, St Mullins um, top to top the far side. Um, I think there was fairly some good games on that side as well, uh, Stevie, wasn't there? From from your point of view, and, and that there was a lot of good competitive games. You no, know, St Mullins are St Mullins are a bit stronger than the other three teams in it. Now we're playing hard on Wednesday night, and I, I'm, that was called off the first night because it was put on. It was put on the same night as Ballinarana were playing their league finals from last year. There was two players of ours on it, so. That's a refix game, and I actually don't know because there was a bit of hoo ha over a match last week. What way that went? Not the match last week, but there was 
I'm not sure what how where the, the group ends up between the three teams after Wednesday night's result, but uh, Mullins are clearly the strongest team in it. And uh, the first was put to the clubs at the start that uh, instead of having a five and a three, that uh, give the team that's in the in the second or in call it group B or group two, whoever it was, that the winner that goes back up to the A, we call it uh, a bit similar to the. All minor setup where the, the minor B champions went up to play in the A championship in the minor semi final. So, like Sam Holmes were probably going to be the team, and they are, and best look to them there. Yeah. They're playing, I presume they're playing the top team, are they? They're, they're playing well against the Rangers uh, in, in, the, in their semi final, and then Bagginson Gales playing Nave yeah. Um I just on, on the flip side, Stevie, it's just a, a, a good point there. And again, um, it was raised after our podcast last week. We could see Carla Town, I think it was the first time in five or six years and they feel it in you know feel it in all their games and actually were very competitive in the under 20 grade you know a massive grade for them where you know where a lot of players kind of slip through the cracks in a lot of clubs like you know but i suppose especially for them where they're trying to keep you know keep the transition from from juvenile uh up to up to adult grade so it was great to see it was a great competition for them to give them three meaningful games rather than kind of gathering and well for every club but especially for them where you're, you're trying to gather gather lads together so when you kind of three weeks run you kind of get a hook in lads um but the semi-finals themselves like i said there was there was literally a puck of the ball between the four teams you know in our in our side um Mullinster rangers pulled away from again just speaking from a, a balancing point of view um Mullinster rangers kind of pulled away from us uh near the end of the game um you know in our group game and there were you know this massive game of hurling um again you know there literally will be a puck of the ball between these teams Um probably have to fancy Mullinster rangers against uh again i haven't seen much of st Mullins, but so um you know kieran kavanagh and um Fikris patrick and, and these lads uh will probably you know joe dunn will probably drive mount leinster rangers on there probably over st mullins in the first semi you'd have to imagine and the second semi-final um i got i i mean they're you know it's so hard to call i mean look bagginstown you know have a lot of senior experience there and you know to have obviously you know jake dial up front to have jack you know jack mccullough darren olin they bulger massive spine to their team you know lots of lots of other great chaps young billy patrick lads like this um you know feeding into that team so there's lots of experience there uh in terms of you know even senior experience but uh you know they've all looked very sharp against us as well you know i suppose you have you know Owen hosey there will be a, you know a big a big man for for them there as well and you know they beat bagginstown gales in in the group stage earlier on uh by a point um in again in a really really close game so again, that one's probably very, very hard to call. Probably if I was if I was to call it, I'd probably go, you know, maybe marginally on the side of a Bagnus of, of Gales. Um, but again, it'll it'll be probably even, you know, it'll be a time cost as to say in terms of uh, how close that game will be. Right. So just a, a question in as well on a slightly different note. Uh, but before I uh, actually I can bring it in now because we're going to move on to talk about the Junior Harland Championship. But um, a text in to say ask the boys what they make of st mullins pull out intermediate they will probably win the junior hand you know having lost one player to inters well look um i suppose look because we are going to junior hand next anyway we're doing yeah yeah well because we procrastinated last week about not being like a flagship tv show and i still felt we're a bit heavy on the senior grade and we maybe didn't give as much to the others so we're starting with junior tonight but uh, yeah i think yeah, well, look, I suppose, look, we, 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 just to give people, you know, obviously people know um, that, they, that they pulled out, um, it's unfortunate, 
Um, look, it's no, you know, lads could be looking at it and say, oh, you know, it's to do this or to do that or to win this. It's not really. It's, it comes down to down to numbers, like, you know. Um, for any team to feel three, you know, three adult teams is a big stretch. And, you know, I know the field, they're more or less their intermediate team um, or what was per, going to be their intermediate team in the Bulger Cup. And, you know, I know that they didn't, there wasn't many regrades in terms of this year and they've lost a couple of lads and, you know, in terms of commitment, lads can, you know, come and go year on year. And it just came down to a numbers thing with them in fairness to St Mullins. I mean, I don't think, you know, they're a very honourable club and they do things right down there. And I know um, Pat Murphy, who I worked with there this year, uh, was the manager of the intermediate team. And, you know, I know he taught long and hard uh, and, and the club did too before they made any decision on it. Uh, it's purely a numbers thing, Kevin. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate, but like, I suppose they have to make a call on it down there. And um, you kind of, you know, try to stretch. I know other teams have tried it. I know one year there, I think the first year that Manchester Rangers um, brought up a junior team, you know, they were kind of caught for numbers too, you know, because it was just on that fine line between having enough for, having enough for, having plenty for two or, you know, a stretch of three. And, you know, it can happen like that in the clubs. I mean, look, St. Mullins have been fielding three teams there for the last good few years and uh, fair play to them, like, you know. But, um, look, if, if, they, if they do, they do. But that junior grade is uh, is going to be a hard one regardless of what happened up at intermediate level, like, you know. All right, so at the weekend, Palatine beat St. Patrick's 2-8, 1-8 and Bynes Sound beat Nebreed 2-17, 9 points. Um, in Group 2, Warren Rangers 4-19, Carathon 5 points. And when it's the Rangers, two sixteen, they've won ten points. What's your thoughts, lads? Well, Stevie, 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 you want to seeing as you're at the grade here? Yeah, the dishwasher might be done, Stevie. Um, is it a washing machine? <laughs> I I can't can't divulge that. We'll have to empty it, whichever it is. Um, yeah, we played by the stone on Friday night. Um, What's that, 217, the main points? Uh, huh? I thought someone had in the background. I think we, we do have a slight delay up there. But... So, so Bagnestown, that were, well, they're a fairly well-balanced team. Obviously, the last Shane Cody there Saturday night. Um, Alan Hill now was probably their main man up front. He scored, I think, 11 or 12 points. Probably got about six from play, five or six from play. Uh, no, in fairness, we, Keelan, Keelan um, Brennan at the far side scored six from play for us. Uh, but they just had a well-balanced team. Now, there's a lot of young lads on them. And I've seen the team sheet after because they wouldn't know who's who with helmets, but they're a fairly young team. And it was a dirty old wet night, but they were a full value. Like, and they'll go strong on winning it, I'd say. But... Um, Regards Sam Mullins, like I think they beat Sam Mullins fairly well the week before. So that's saying, but Sam Mullins win the junior. I, I wouldn't rule it out, but um, I'd be saying, but we'll not next Friday night. Our last game was against them, but I'd, I'd say Warren Rangers and, and Bagnestown will have a say on before Sam Mullins will. All right, yeah. So, yeah. Get her, get her, sorry, Kev, to go across you there. Um, I was talking to, got a bit of info there on the PAL and um, Tullow game. Um, so a good game of hurling. Um, there was, uh, I think Sean Durham did very impressive for PAL. Um, and uh, I think they just about did enough. I think Tullow had a man, um, man put to the line in the first half. and uh, But it was a very tight game. I think it was uh, 
was it two eight to one eight? Um, very close game. Um, I think uh, what do you call it? Olin Duff got a, a goal, a doubled on a ball as well from a line ball in. I think that could have been the deciding score. But I think Colin Murray was meant to be massively impressive for Tullo. Uh, I think he was their goal to forward. I can't remember what he what he scored now, but I think uh, talking to uh, one of the pal lads there, they said like you know most of the game went through him, and he's a fine hurler. He is a massive hurler up there, uh, for them. Um, so yeah, Pal, Pal probably will have, uh, have something to say about it. Was all right. Um, I think Pod of the Wire was playing. Pod was back out the field. I think he was back out cornerback. So another year in Pod's TV. Surely, surely another one in you saw. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously Burn Rangers having a big win as well. Um, they they kind of wanted to get their their season back on track there with that, you know. Um, I think the surprising result for me, and I called it last week. I thought it'd be a tighter game with the win the Mountains Rangers and Navon. Uh, game. I thought that might have been a lot closer. Um, I think um, well, Leinster Rangers bet them fairly well in the end. Um, I thought that would be, be a, you know, a, a strong game. But you don't know who has lost what, you know, in, in the game. In they've the lost. Their, they've lost their two best players. It's a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very hard to replace them. You know what I mean? You can't really. You know, Shane Harmon and, and um, Colin Beck. They yeah. scored somebody like two. Scored two twelve the week before against Carroll yeah. Home between them. So yeah. Hard to replace them by using. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Like it, 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 that's the good thing, I suppose, about the first, you know, about the first teams. Like they'll, they'll keep who they have, and they'll, they'll keep taking over. I mean, I mean, I remember one year when we played GST, we think in the in the semi final, and uh, you'd given us, you know, I think you, in the group game, you'd given us a good bit of a, a walloping, but he lost a good few up the ranks. Whereas we kind of held what we had, luckily enough, and we ended up nabbing in a semi final one year. So it, it, it with the rounds coming, yeah. I think you were playing, Kev. Were you? Were you playing that year? I was you're, on the teams. You're on it. Actually, you were in front of me. I was in the goal, and you were at full forward. I think at one stage, were you? I, I can't remember. Yeah, I, think, I think I was out centre. I was on the field. I wasn't doing yeah. much hard. No. <laughs> well, uh, hey, yeah. Uh, uh, hold on. I was actually back from. I think it was at a full moon party in, in Thailand about three or four days before that. that Suspension. Was. <laughs> <laughs> Not this time, no. But. Um, that right. all, but I mean, like, look, you don't know who you, you don't know who teams are going to lose. Like, you're right, you know? you're 100. You know, so I mean, the semi, like, getting out semi final. I'm not sure whether I'm hoping two teams will come up from the junior up to intermediate. Like, I mean, it's only well, uh, right. Obviously, you hope Sam Mullins will maybe next year get you know things back in order in terms of their numbers, and maybe we'll be feeling again intermediate. But it'd be nice, you know, it'd be nice kind of um, be nice to have another team or two up there. It'd be great to have, you know, if Sam Mullins are going to be tight next year, wouldn't it be great for? The two finalists to come up like you know um or you know to bring up two teams if possible but sure look we'll we'll see how the next couple of rounds go yeah and speaking of the next couple of rounds so this week's fixtures friday night uh 6 45 down in kilbride it is born rangers and nevon jesus there'll be a sting in that one was that supposed to take yep. place weeks ago yeah which one i, thought, I remember calling out born rangers nevon very uh it, it was it, it was um it was what call it? it was uh blown off near the end it was an injury to oh, one born rangers player Oh, yeah, um, yeah, a high, oh, real high, real high scoring game. I think, but I think, um, I think, uh, my uh, had come back to within two points. I think it was two points. I think Born Rangers were up by two points, and Navon were coming like a train. Now, again, like what Stevie said there with the two boys missing, um, you know, I think I was talking to Jared Bulger there, uh, at a latest football match last week, and he said he was happy enough it was blown up. He said, you know what I mean? He, he kind of might were coming very strong at the time, so maybe they might be glad of getting a second run at them. Um, but you look, you don't know. Yep. So, um, yes, Stevie. All right, like <laughs> <laughs> every cup, every cup in the dishwasher is gone. 
I said they're there, the washing machines that they're exploding or something. I didn't know what's going on. All the gears and call one week and destruction derby the next week. Um, I, I, you wouldn't cause as much chaos playing during the hurdle, actually. But anyway, um, 6.45 Friday again, it is Finestown. <laughs> Tolo and then uh, Nairbreed and St. Mullins down in St. Mullins. So there you have it. That's the that's the Jack and Rory in terms of the Junior Hurling Championship. And a great championship. I always really enjoy yeah. playing the, the Junior Hurling or Intermediate or wherever grade we're at. Like. And um, more sort of junior, you didn't have to do a whole lot for Intermediate, you kind of had to be reasonably fit and stuff. But, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's just so good. You go and yeah. The way I compare it now, and I don't know it's because you get a bit older anyway, but if you're going to play a junior game of any description, you go back to the whole... Um, primary school mentality when you're out playing soccer at break time that's what i'm feeling now when i go to play a match whereas going back a few years ago i was taking it too bloody seriously and not enjoying the game and the game will pass you by Jeez, you go out and enjoy it now it's just like yeah you know you're, you're gonna have a bit of fun like and i think yeah. you do actually it does take a while to learn that and develop that like regardless yeah, but, of what grade you're playing oh in fact yeah but clubs need it like you know i mean there's always going to be right for some for some clubs we said there's the first team and that, you know that's the reality and you know they're looking to move up the grades but for other teams like for other clubs having the second team you know you're always going to have the right the lad the up-and-coming lad the lad who's on the way down the social hurler you know the lad you know and and without without having the second team and the, and the other grades i mean you know all these lads are lost to the club and it's not only as players like stevie knows as well the kind of haven't been involved in or and is involved heavily in the in the run of the kind of admin side of the club and you know if you're losing all these lads because you, you know they're gone from the club or because they're not playing like you're, you're losing admin people you're losing you know lads get involved with teams etc etc so having the junior hurling you know apart from all the benefits to the lads mentally and physically i think it's just savage hope to keep more lads in the club you know that you can call on as volunteers and buy the odd lotto ticket and do whatever else needs to be done as well all part of it all, all part of it yeah, so let's move on to intermediate then next. Um, yeah, that's the shoulder, hundred percent shot. Yeah, you may get that Viber sorted out there, Stevie. Remember uh, using Viber, Viber, Kev, when it came out first. Yeah, it was, like, it was such a delay with it. You like, God, yeah, it, it's like being an hour behind almost. But as I said, yeah, I won't comment the ban on the goal again because it'll take too long to respond to me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's no point like we'll we'll just leave it at that we'll, we'll move on to the intermediate grade uh so uh you guys are fairly well placed actually to talk about that because you were at each of the games at the weekend so joe you were at the uh it was yourselves and carla town it was a 410 to 110 i think in the end carla town won by so have a chat with us about that yeah very even game good game of hurling um Probably, like I said, it was probably the game both was want, really wanted the target to win to get, you know, to be the fourth semi-finalist out of the five, you know. Um, Carroll Town's uh, second game, I know they played Mullinster Rangers the first week there and got a, got a big beating, but I think they hadn't, you know, they were kind of low on numbers now. They, they didn't travel awfully strong to us in terms of numbers, but they had like, 20, you know, 19, 20 players. Um, good game. Uh, even Stephen kind of, you know, six points apiece, I think it was the first water break, you know, couple of points in a second in second uh, half or half time and a third water break but the goals killed us um uh, fairness lazy mini got two very good goals for carlo town um i'm trying to think um you had uh keen glancy got one doubled on a good ball as well and um i can't think which of the english i think it could have been carol could have been playing I'm trying to think which yeah full forward 
um, got the other one. Um, so a little bit of quality won out. Now we had chances, but like, look, in fairness, Caratown had that good bit of quality. Um, Jamie Ayers, one of my own uh, chaps in sixth year, was very good. Um, set up a couple of the goals, really smart hurling. Uh, Mark Ayers, son there from Caratown. Um, really, really good chap. Um, he was very busy. Connor Lawler was very good for, for Carlo Town as well, back at centre back, uh, very, very solid there as well. Um, and look, I suppose, look, the best team did win on the night. We did no complaints there. Um, again, we were, you know, we were kind of you know, down a couple of lads, even again from the, the week against Nave Breed, and it probably didn't help our hand, but good game of hurling. Um, and I think it'll, it'll give um, Carlo Town a bit of confidence to push on. Um, I suppose ourselves, we were facing up in a battle. We have two games left against probably the two strongest teams in it. So for us to for us to get something out of either of them will probably be a stretch. But um, we 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 keep at it. I suppose I'm looking for looking for a bit of a few nuggets of advice now off Stevie about the other game and see where we can see where we can get something uh, for next weekend. Yeah. So um, was the near breed selector on a scouting mission at the weekend? And if so, how did Michael and Rangers get on when you were out at? I had to hide in the ditch for a good part of it, and anyway, so uh, I did come out. Um, one fourteen to fifteen points. Michael won. Nevon won. Um, the usual suspects plan for Martin Clowry, Kevin Foley, a lad called Shane Cabinet playing centre back. Uh, pretty more experienced side. Yeah, uh, he was gas in front of us. It was beside John McDonald there. Kevin Mack's father, and the ball popped up. One of the Michael lads, or, or the Mohanister Andrews, has about 10 minutes gone, and, and Shane Cavan putting his hand the very same as he's taking an apple off a tree. Uh, just it was gas that uh, popped up, and he just in like and uh, gone with it. Um, he had a goal. Kevin Foley got a goal for about quarter of an hour, 20 minutes. Uh, caught it in the edge of the square in a bit of a melee and got both hold. That was that was the difference in the wind up, but there was nothing in it. There was like Moniz Range, we know there were a lot of young lads on a tight door, and Evan Cayley, Joe Dundon. Well, Derek Bourne was very good from playing balls. Luke Roach wasn't playing, I think he, he was injured. Um Colin Beck was very good for for Navon wing back. I was looking at this number seven, John McAdwan, me before the match. He was very impressed with this lad in the warm-up, and as the game went on, the better he got. And I, I asked John. Tommy Murphy after who it was, they didn't know who it was. Uh, was Tommy was over the far side, obviously on the Michel Terrace there. Uh, the, the roars were getting louder as the game had done. The, they got a bit of a sport about 10 minutes to go. Michel got four, about four points in a row to on, uh, it Kevin Hosey was midfield. Um, he was fairly accurate with the freeze as well. Um, so it was Right, good game. No, Monish Ranger lets it off with five minutes to go. Second yellow, nothing, nothing major. He was the full back one of the Tobins. Um, so Frank Foley was in the goal from Monish Rangers. Willie Hickey said the usual suspects on both sides. Um, they've lost three from, the last, from their first game against us. Jack Ryan went up to senior on Saturday night. Uh, now there's no subs used on either side, so that's telling you that there was a joint match between the two teams. Yesterday evening, it's uh, both teams are looking at going right. We have enough lads gone. We want to make sure we have enough for the season for that game. Um, one thing I did say, I met the two cabinets going in there, uh, Hall Cabinets, two lads, Michael and uh, Jack. We were just saying, it's a great that these matches are actually in in home and away venues. You know, it's a bit 
match at I suppose at half eleven or twelve o'clock and uh, you know we have a bit of a bite to it as well, you know, it was was no no quarter asked or given and uh, you know it's all right as Joe said, Ball and Kilner playing the two strongest teams in the last two games, so the the played us already we're, we're grand now. <laughs> uh, right, so it'll bring us on to this weekend's fixtures. Um Stevie, I'll keep you while I have you because I know this uh, thing is there's a bit of a delay with it. But you are obviously playing Carrotown on uh, Sunday at six o'clock in Carrotown. What's your prospects? Yeah, sure. Look, Joe said like the they got a hockey in against Mullins Range. The more that's back last week, so like we played them in the Bolger Cup now. There's, and the names he's mentioned there, there was none of them playing that game, so we have to win and try and win that game. Simple as that. Yeah. So, Nave Owen, Ball and Killen, four o'clock out in Weichel on Sunday as well. Tasty one. Tasty, yeah. Ah, sure, look, it'll be, look, you know. By the way, Stevie, I wasn't run, uh, running down Nave Breeder and there. Just, uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to let you come in under the radar. Jesus, man, will you take it? Will you take a hint, mate? Huh? That's no, no hint given there, no, no hint taken anyway. Um, Lays as bad as he rattled the laptop off. Yeah, I know, but look, uh, yeah, we're we're on a level, and look, we'll be under pressure. Uh, we're we're kind of, you know, we we have a little bit of experience in fairness. Um, you know, in our team, you know, with Darrell Roberts back now. Darrell was only a total the goal at uh, weekend, just carrying a knock, and you know. Likes of Mikey Butler and, and that uh, Jack, you know Jack O'Connor, Tommy Cox, um, you know a little bit of experience, but we're very young. Um, you know a lot of lads there who are you know kind of making the making trying to make a step up, and you know kind of lads then who who um, you know who, who are kind of uh, you know like uh, from last year's junior team were down just down again, you know strip strip really a lot, and it's just a pity the year we came up that we didn't you know we didn't have kind of give it a you know, not not that we, we, we haven't given a good rattle at and it's just a pity we hadn't got more maybe more bodies maybe um you know available to us. But that's like like but we're we're enjoying it and we're we're I suppose irregardless of how the year goes for us and, and even how Sunday or, or the following week goes for us, uh, you know, we're gonna be making our case still up intermediate because you can't beat hurling at the higher level if you get me. It's just better you know, it's better standard to bring lads to bring lads through up onto onto the senior grade and uh Look, sure, we give Sunday a go. I think we again we could be showing a few um bodies with holidays and different things happening. Um so look, probably Nave will have to be favourites there, but look we we'll go out and give him a give him a good rattle at anyway. All right, time to move on to senior lads. Um I was delighted to be back in Netwatch Cullen Park on Saturday evening. Uh really strange. First game, sun splitting the stones, T shirt weather, um maybe Onslaw weather. Uh, as in wearing a vest, Stevie decided to wear a t-shirt, and then for the second game, it pissed over. Absolutely pissed over. Uh, in the space of two hours, you go from just unbelievable weather to a monsoon. Um, but yeah, it was great to be back, like just to have the buzz back. And now we can relate to what you guys were talking about. Um, would have loved to have been there the weekend before, as you said, but geez, it was just great, absolutely brilliant. Like the buzz on the terrace, the the banter, like and seeing those faces, as you said, um, everyone's so welcoming. Um, I really, really enjoyed it, I, I have to say. And um, two, you know, okay, right, the first game was one-sided, which we will get to. Uh, and then the second one, 
we'll also get to obviously but it was kind of a tale of two halves and some really good hurling played in it but it, we'll start with Ballon Killen and um, Bindestone Gale so Bindestone Gale has won this one 217 13 points and as we said already we do have an interview with um, Gavin Nolan up on our pages there already it's on Facebook it's on Instagram it's on YouTube as well and also um, Connor Phelan and tonight we are going to hear from uh, Alan Corcoran Owen Larkin and Marty Mouskavna as we said but just to give a brief little summary on the game first, lads, um, I felt the first quarter was crucial. I think it was one four to four points. And you're looking at, what, a 10-point margin in the end. But in that first quarter, Ballinkillen missed, I'd say, three or four kind of relatively scorable opportunities for points and kind of balls up a goal chance as well. So they went from possibly, it could have been one seven to one four very easily, Ballinkillen at that point. But it was Bindestown 1 4, Ballon Killen 4 points. And Bindestown push on from there. Uh, the goal for me, the first goal, Danny Dial, lovely combination. He had a great game, but a lovely combination with Styler. You know, flicked it across to him. Styler set, um, spotted him going back again. And great finish, like, you know. So I suppose, where, where do you start? Joe, I'll actually start with you first because let's be honest about it. You were a bit down in the dump Saturday night, like. Um, Tell us why you were feeling that way. Uh, well, sure, look, I suppose, like, obviously, look, it's a results-driven a results driven game. And, uh, you know, while we went in, knowing that we were down X and Y, like, ultimately, like we said the last week, and I know Owen Larkin and the lads won't, you know, aren't looking to who we don't have, they're looking to the lads who we do have. And, um, you know, I, I thought, I just thought, yeah, like you said, just a lot of things didn't work for us on the day you know um uh the first quarter like you said like yeah like we had chances like you know um put a few bad wides um very unlucky the two walls nearly combined for a goal chance you know craig slipped the hand passed out to jamie and probably maybe just a yard you know maybe in front of him and, or maybe craig you know could have popped it himself but tried to do the right thing popped it out to jamie and, and it just ran away from him and he pulled the ground stroke and it went wide and I suppose I think from that as well, you know, it was one score that stands out in my mind as well. Um, um, it was a good ball into our forwards, and you know, a good touch. I think it could have been Nigel Whelan, a good, a good enough touch. Like you know, he killed the ball relatively well, and was just about to put his hand down to it. And, and you know, Alfie came in. I think if you can remember, came in and just snuck it away from, him, went up the field, popped it over the bar. I think it put it might have been the first time they might went into the lead, as far as I remember. And the goal came soon after that. that yeah, and, and it just gave him a lift. And it wasn't like it wasn't that anything, you know, this is not anything to do with Nail or anything like that. It was just kind of symptomatic of our day that, uh, you know, Bagnestown were, were far more eager, far more hungry. Um, I think in the first half, like, uh, you know, I, I think we lost, I, I'd say we nearly lost every puck out, like under every puck out, both theirs and ours. You know, we got blown away in the breaks as well. And I think that was kind of disappointing from the point of view of, you know, you probably don't mind being beaten, have you know if you know you've kind of empty, really really emptied the tank and 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 you know and have really been have battled but you know i think we 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 probably lost you know if we were to go back into stats you know looking at breaking ball or you know ones on puck outs etc or rooks etc i'd say we got you know we lost a huge amount of them and it kind of gave bag sound gales the emphasis the, the you know the emphasis to drive forward give them give them that energy going forward um I think what, what kind of came to the fore as well as we spoke about it last week like you know was the bankstown gales scoring threat um very impressive like you know um 
I thought Danny Dyle, I know he's been quietly effective, you know, last year and this year, but uh, I really thought I, I really thought he was smashing at the weekend, smashing. I mean, for the goal, like, you know, it was kind of a, a ball that was won over, uh, you know, over near us where we were standing, actually, and it was kind of a one-two played. And, but in the space of the one-two, uh, where Danny gave it to, back to Styler and then they, Styler flicked it on, Danny had put kind of 20 yards between himself and the Ballon Killman, and there was only... Right from taking putting my neutral hat on, not my Bellin Killing hat on, but it was great to see that, you know, rather than them tapping the ball over the bar, that, you know, this year, you know, that they're going for goal, they were going for the they were going for the juggler. There was nothing else on his mind. And the same when Styler got his ball, there was nothing else on his mind. Um, only to go for goal. That was it. There was nothing else in their mind. And like I said, taking my Ballin Killing hat off and whatever else, but putting my my hurling hat on, my Carroll hurling hat on, um for Bagginstone Gales to to get to, you know to, to challenge Mount Leinster Rangers to challenge St Mullins to you know to step it up again from last year challenge ourselves to challenge whoever in Navon but to, to step it up again um it, that was encouraging to see you know what I mean that they were w- willing to try win the game to do things like that whereas last year they hadn't their spread of scores was excellent again like you know and I think Stephen made a good point there last week um or sorry it was Pat Cody made a good point last week and I think it was proven again this week that. They finished like a train, you know. The subs that they brought in, I think um, Jake Dyle got four points for them. Um, you know, had an amazing game when he brought when he came in, and you know, lads, lads around us were kind of talking about, you know, would, would he not be started, you know? And apart from the argument of a lad being young or not, you know, not, you know, he's a lot of games. He's actually playing under twenty, but um, you know, I, I, I think don't take credit, don't take. Um, it's unfair not to credit the work of, say, the likes of James Dial and David Corcoran are doing in that team because I know we talked before about maybe their other forwards, like, you know, they had one time that a line there, Keelan Guider, uh, Jake Dial, and um, Andrew Kane, like, geez, you wouldn't, you know, speed, where would you get it, like, around the county? But, you know, the likes of David Corcoran and James Dial were after battering our lads for, you know, 40, 45 minutes at this stage and it kind of worn them down and put a lot of the groundwork in place for these lads to come in and get the scores. Um, but look, getting back to it, yeah, very look, Bagginstown have been very impressive this year. Um, I, I, I really think their pace um, was exceptional. I do think we were a little bit exposed, no more than like we talked about it at the start of the program with Limerick and Cork. Um, I thought we left it, there was a huge gap between our lines, and any any ball in then was a good ball and put our backs under pressure. Um, and then on the flip side, I thought, uh, you know, that Alfie in fairness uh, and, and, uh, and around our middle of the field, they were fierce, well-organised Bagginstown. Like, even when we had Sean Murphy on, uh, even though he got a couple of balls and he looked a little bit dangerous at times, like, you know, th- they were never really in danger of, of coughing up a goal. You know, they were, they were kind of had that root- rootlessness about them and that organisation about them. And I think that was very impressive as well because, like I said, the, the, game, the game this time last year... Um, they were very open, I know, and we, we, you know, we cut through them for scores. And I know our goal that day was a bit fortuitous, but we cut through them for scores. Whereas this year, you know, their their backline was 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 very very tight, very disciplined. Um, I know we spoke ourselves in our old WhatsApp. Um, I was very impressive. Like we, we mentioned last week about who'd step in for Darren Olin, and I thought Keen Dyle deputised really well at full back. Um, I thought he was rock solid. Came out with a lot of ball as well. Um. But look, yeah, full value for a win, I think. I don't think anyone would question that. Um, but like, I suppose, getting back to your original, original point, it, it could have been a different game maybe had we got those couple of scores at, at the first quarter. But saying that, like, you know, Bagginstone Gales were full value for a win, I think. They were indeed. So, 
Um, as I said, we have Alfie to, to show the viewers here and indeed the, the listeners who will be tuning in tomorrow on Spotify, Apple, etc. Because we get that up on that platform or those platforms in uh, the next couple of hours. Sure, we don't. What do we need sleep versus you? But anyway, we'll um, we'll we'll talk to Owen Larkin here first. Owen Larkin, um, a disappointing afternoon, I suppose. To be to be honest about it, um, the hairdryer was out at half time. Do you feel you got a bit more of a reaction in that second half, or what's your thoughts immediately after? Uh, no, I don't think we got too much uh, out of the second half, so obviously the hairdryer didn't go too well, but look, i just disappointed, I suppose, the way the last training over the last two weeks, I thought there was a big performance coming and just didn't seem to materialise. Do you have to accept that there's a bit of realism here too when you are showing of some key players, or for you is that an excuse at this point? No, absolutely, that's no excuse, you know, we've worked with what we have, you know, the lads that have been out injured have been out for a good while. Kieran is out for the year. We're getting a couple of lads back, but like it's no excuse. I know there's a couple of young lads there, but still, you know, the basics are still there. They're, they're still well able to hurl. They're able to win the ball, and they just didn't do it tonight. So I suppose the plan now is very hard to say straight after the game. Just go back and reassess. Plus, um, do you feel even considering what you have available to you at the moment that you're anywhere near hitting your potential because if you're to ask me I don't think you are still even though you are down a few players yeah no we're nowhere near the potential I think that's in the group um, I have great belief in them like I said they've trained very very hard over the last two weeks and over the last you know three or four months however long we've, we've been back they've trained very hard but they just don't seem to be able to take it to, to the match day and you know that's something we'll have to go and look at and see why um, obviously you know I don't have the answers at the moment um, we'll have to have a conversation about it and, and look at the reasons but uh, it'll be hard to put a finger on it, I suppose. Well, I know you leave no stone unturned, anyway. It's been a while since we spoke. I'm sorry it's not better circumstances, but good to chat you nonetheless, and thanks for your time, alright? Okay. Alright, so that was Owen Larkin, and um, a couple of things struck me, and I did ask him about them. Like, I don't actually feel that, given the fact, even though they're, they're down so many players, that they are getting the best out of what's remaining, and Owen, Owen agrees with that as well. But I also, Joe, I know you have different views on this to me now, right? But I don't think your guys are playing in their natural positions and their best positions. And I think where you disagree, and you can fight your corner now in a second, is that lads need to be adaptable, right? But for me, calling a spade a spade, the best fullback in the championship last year and the county fullback is playing centre-back for his club, right? And he's not, he's, he didn't go well the other day. He's one of my good friends, and he won't mind me saying it because he probably knows himself. He's not playing as good as he can. Um... David English is playing midfield. Probably one of the best centre-backs to ever come through the county. I know he's playing midfield for the county as well. Like, And I know there were switches in the game later on. Dion pushed up maybe around the middle a little bit and then went in full forward and David came back centre-back. And Fair enough, it didn't really work. But you need to get the foundations right. Like, And I don't think they are. I think the balance was off. And the other thing was when I loved the whole prospect of Dion and Sean Murphy in a two-man full forward line. But when that happened... There was no one actually able to deliver the ball in. But if those other guys are there, he's telling you on now as well as dishwasher. Anyway, when those, when those other guys are there, like it's a different story altogether. Like the ball can go into them. So you differ from that point of view and explain why you differ. Yeah, yeah, I suppose we, we did argue or argue or chat about it. Um well, I suppose sometimes it can be it can be a case of horses for courses, like in, in the game, like you know. Um, look, we, we were missing Mihal, um, Mihal at the weekend, um, Mihal Ryan, and Mihal, in fairness, like right, he's hurled centre back, he's hurled wing back for the club, but in fairness, like he would have done a lot of hurling at full back as well. 
So I suppose what that might mean, you know, um, it, it does give us the option to push out a little bit. And when you are, I suppose, maybe missing who we're missing, um, you, you kind of, I, I know there's the, the, the argument for kind of building from the back and being solid, but ultimately, you know, you, you, if you don't push on or you don't try to create stuff, um, you know, you don't win games. Um, and I suppose in fairness to the management, they were looking and, and in fairness to Michal, had a very good game the first day. I know, he was, like I said, he was missing there against Bagginson, but had a very good game the first day. Um, and, you know, I suppose maybe the last day they were looking at in terms of, look, um, maybe inside they were looking at, well, Bagginstown would have probably lined up with, um, you know, a bit of speed in there. And I suppose, look, Lauren Kinsel would have would have hurled in, in as full back before and in the full back line as well. And I suppose, you know, the lads are looking at it from the point of view of as well, you know, from the Bulger Cup, if you take the Bulger Cup final, and I know a couple of challenge games as well that they played, um, that lineup worked really well, if you get me. Um, you know, and I, I, like I said, just pick, t- pick, taking a, a Carlo game, particularly in the Bulger Cup final, like, you know, that, that set up would say, we, we mentioned two players specifically, say Dion and, and David, uh, were very impressive, you know, at, at further out the field. Um, I suppose like everything, look, it, it's going to work some days, it's not going to work other days. Um, I, I don't think that, like, you know, the lads aren't a stranger, you know, neither lad is a stranger to hurling out there either, like Dion would have hurled while the last year or two he's maybe been back in full back but he would have hurled center back before uh you know and and, and david as well not maybe a, a bit uh out around the middle of the field but again was very impressive for for the county there three games this year out around midfield so it's not like it's complete new territory to the lads um i i, I don't think our problems necessarily were the positioning of those two lads because you know i i don't think that's you know while we can argue the toss about one or two things i think I think it's kind of um you know maybe there's other, there's other things need to be tweaked there and like we, we we had some positives in fairness in the game like you, you can see i suppose when sean murphy came in um he gave us that bit of a you know a presence in around the, the forward line and i think i suppose maybe that's kind of the reason maybe why some of the lads are being pushed a little bit further up the line to give us a, a bit more of a presence maybe further up the field um i suppose like i said it was from one's point of view there as well like I know the lads have trained hard like over the last couple of weeks and are putting in the effort and it's kind of it's frustrating from their point of view not to get the not to get the performance over and but i think the more frustrating thing for them maybe was you know like i said just how maybe you know how many breaks and how many different little things that we you know that we that we lost there um i think th- those are something that that you know that you're kind of you know you can, we can always argue possible players and position and, and what ifs and whatever but like those are kind of cornerstones of winning any game um, you know get winning the breaks winning the puck out um stuff like that and i think you know i think we i think in fairness to bagginstown you know they, they completely overawed us you know in, in, in most of those areas and i think that was a bigger that was a bigger concern for me or a bigger thing to be baffled about than necessarily the positioning of the lads um just on that and i know we, we'll talk about it there later i mean look you can see the little bit of a lift like we said that we got from the couple of lads like you know Niall Hickey we said there I know we talked about him we were talking about him maybe later on in the program as well he got three great points from play three in midfield yeah you know he, he, there's a lad coming back in you know he missed a bit of hurling there obviously was a key figure for Kildaven footballers and he's kind of back in the fold now and Sean Murphy is kind of you know has now got 25 minutes of game time under his belt as well and again you could see while, he, while some things didn't work for him you could see the little bit of threat that he gave as well and you know and, and these are things that we're missing you know that we're you know that we maybe missed the first game and we're only kind of getting getting back in so look 
you know, like we said, we can argue the toss over where lads are. I think it's just, and especially going forward for next weekend. I mean, if 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 we don't up that work rate, that intensity massively, you know, I think we're go we're going to be steamrolled at the weekend, and and that's not, you know, that's not that's kind of putting it fairly bluntly. But I think it's the reality that if we turn up with that type of work rate at the weekend. Um, you know, we're, we're not going to be within an ass's roar of no Leinster Rangers. Yeah, we're going to talk about Bindestown now again, just for anyone out there. Thanks for talking about this from a heavy Ballinkilna point of view, but we are focusing on Bindestown in the moment. Yeah. Um, but just a, a couple of last points on Ballinkilna from, from where I saw it. Um, yeah, attitude is one thing that I didn't think was was uh, was on par at all with obviously with Bindestown, but it wasn't the work rate was poor, like you, you got that spot on. But the other thing is there's a clear difference in how Ballinkillen are actually trying to play. Like last year, they, it was a very much a running game. And one little feature of that was, I suppose, regularly I would see a little one-two between Thomas Dowell and Dion. You know, so that Thomas Short and then back to Tom again and maybe he'd torpedo it anyway. But it was a little bit one-dimensional and maybe a bit direct at times or whatever. Whereas last year, they were going through the hands quite a lot. Now, in the Bulger Cup, I don't know, was that still the plan? And did it just change the other day? Is it more of a direct style in general? Like, and is that going to work? Like, I mean, you have a lot of guys who are very fit, a lot of young lads. I think uh, young Lomax there, like, I mean, loads of pace. Tracy, loads of pace. Hickey's well able to run. Like, you look at that and try and go back to it, I suppose, or do you think Owen will, or is it still going to be more of a direct thing? Like, and look, just put a caveat out there, I suppose. By going direct in the first quarter, it did work a little bit too. So we can't just say mm. that it's not completely... You know, not 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 working at all, I should say. But is that something that maybe they they should look at, and you know, can they revert to it? Can well, can they revert back yeah. to it in a short space of time? Yeah, well, look, I don't I don't think it was, you know, I don't think it was a, a, a complete change of style. In fairness, I think you know, sometimes on the pitch, the lads play what's in front of them, you know, and unfortunately, when the pressure is on, sometimes you can, you know, maybe change the game on the field, you know what I mean? You kind of, you, you become panicked a little bit. And I think some of that was maybe some of the case. But again, some of that, like sometimes too, when you're playing that running game, I know that they would have played it, um, you know, even against St. Mullins, they would have uh, tried to work through the lanes or especially around midfield. And, um, you know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But look, I, I think that's not, apart from, you know, like we said there, we're focusing on Ballinkillen's Bal Bal woes or problems. Let's not take credit away from from um, from Bagnestown. Like their hassling was was immense. Like you know, like I said to you there, you know, like I, I picked that instant, and again, it wasn't highlighting any bad play from Niall Rand, a fantastic young lad, like a junior hurler the year last year, all ends up like uh, in the county, like. But just you know, literally, you know, Alfie just in there like an absolute beaver, wait, wait, waiting to win that ball, and then going for the juggler, you know, uh, by tapping it over the bar. You know, Bagnestown's work rate. Like sometimes can it's no more than yesterday with Cork and Limerick. Like if you're a team and you're dominant, you know you, you try to make the other team bend to your will. And you know I think Bagnestown in fairness set the tempo for the game. Their half forward line, you know, their full even even in their full forward line, they're hassling their you know, and it was non-stop right to the end. You look at the scores like that. The the last couple of scores that they got, some of them were for turn were from turnovers. Some of them were like lost causes balls into the corner you know where they never gave up even though they were six and seven points up at this stage and you know i i, I think not to belittle Bagnestown's work rate as much as we might be disappointed with our work rate and with our maybe game and how maybe our style didn't work on the day to flip it another way flip it back to like what we said flip it back from a Bagnestown point of view wouldn't you be you know wouldn't you be happy with that like you know look at the things like 
you know, that they've improved on la from last year in terms of their, you know, their scoring power. Look at the players that they've got back, the options that they now have off the bench, uh, their style of play. Like, I, I would call it, you know, like I said, Alfie was kind of like a textbook, um, a real textbook county centre-back. Obviously, he is county no, material. Might as well hear from him now when they're talking about him. Yeah. Alan Corcoran, Bynison on the crest of a wave, 217 to 13 points. Another very good performance. Very impressive, I have to say. How did you assess yourself? Yeah, it went well. I thought we were actually sluggish enough in the first half. Things weren't sticking as, uh, as well as we'd like, but in fairness, while the ball was sticking, our work rate was when you there throughout the game and when you put off at the end. Some really good scores in fairness. Um, the goal in the first half in particular from Danny Dyle I thought was a very sweet move. He gathered possession, obviously played a little bit of a 1-2, I think with Styler, got it back and a great finish. And then in the second quarter you pushed on again. And uh, yeah, a very impressive performance all around, it has to be said. Yeah, Danny is probably more known as a, a soccer man, but... He gives, he's given a lot of the last couple of years to the G and how in fairness him, his work that he's doing off the scene is paying dividends there on the pitch today and a great goal by him. He brings an awful lot of work rate and he work rate to the team too. But overall I'd say yeah we were pleased enough the boys the kind of lane did their job too and look we're in good position but absolutely not in one yet we've a lot of work to do still. Scored a nice point yourself in the first quarter. You wouldn't be known for your point scoring abilities, but you did lift the team in fairness and it was off the left as well, a sweet one, Al. No, they'd be, they'd be fairly scarce now. But so I met her hidden hope, but she'll look at my door, I'll take it. And just lastly to finish up, I mean, you must be delighted to be back. I know you had a long road and you missed a lot of hurling and football actually, so obviously very pleased to be back among the, the thick of it again. Yeah, it was a long, long year off, but in fairness, did a bit of work there behind the scenes. The games are getting that bit of harder too, but sure, look, we're where we want to be. There you are. Oh, legend. Ferris though, like, jeez, he's some, he's some servant. Um, and yeah, he really led the way and the blend did really work again, you know, the youth and experience. And I, I was very impressed with him. As much as you've been talking about him here the last few weeks, I hadn't actually seen them properly. And yeah. I was very, very impressed with him. Their, 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 their diamond around the middle was very good. Like, you speak, you talk about experience there, like, you'd be, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes the experience with older lads that they're there, but they don't, they don't bring it, if you get me. But like you look at the boys in the middle, like that, that diamond there, like Yedbini, who is who's been excellent all year. You have like Alfie slotting in there at centre back. You have Styler, obviously, like as good as nearly, you know, looking as good nearly as he ever was, uh, and really being leading lights of the team. You know, not just kind of being there and you know twenty minutes, man, and whatever else. Like really, really, really powerful performances by them, and uh, I think that lifts them as well. And you know, those all those lads that we talked about last year, they're. Another year senior experience, like, and, and uh, you know, it makes a huge difference. And, and again, the couple of lads they have back as well, like Andrew Kane is a massive addition to that team. You know, he got a couple of points, I think, again, and he's just his work rate and, he, and he's, geez, he's, you know, scary quick. Uh, adds, a, adds a huge dimension. Jake Dyle coming up as well. You know, they have forwards now, you know, I, and I think they'll hurt teams, uh, you know, if they keep that work rate and intensity going, you know. I agree. Stevie, do you want to jump in? Um, that delay might have changed since we started sharing videos. So, um, the, them clothes are they're obviously on a 60 wash for about three hours because I can still hear them going there in the background. But jump in on you and give us your opinion. Yeah, well, nice to see Magnus Town in the, in the flesh after all it, it heard without seeing our game. But, um, yeah, very impressed with him from from 1 to 15, uh, they've a good balance of experience, even though they're not an old team. Like, even Andrew Casey, these lads have played a big county as well, like, you know, underage and a bit senior as well. And, you know, it, it does make a difference. But uh, Danny Doyle was very impressed with him. Um, I thought where Kieran Wheel was kind of a link man with Ballon Killen last year. Danny Doyle was kind of slightly similar to the other night. I thought the more the balls he got on, on our, our side, in the press box side, there, he just literally 
pop him off the hurl, hand pass off, move the thing on. Uh, I'm very impressed with the maturity of more than Nelson late the goal. Jersey, he didn't half bury the goal like it was a, a like Styler got a goal and you'd be expecting now with Styler when he gets a chance, but just Danny's one Thomas Dole never seen it like so. Um regards of you know Jack Dyle not starting, just grandly of Milky and, and David Corcoran, as you said, Joe kind of softening up lads, uh, and, and then the boys finishing like and Keelan Guider as well. Yeah. Probably been on county under twenty and senior panels there. I, I came in and made a a big impact, I thought. He'd been start, starting some games and probably not getting on as well. And, you know, maybe your your finish mode, uh, probably had 20 minutes the other day, and I'm very impressed with him. Yeah. He's a fulfilling out, and he's, you know, you, you're seeing a bigger, a stronger version of it. He's probably, you know, I see 2021. I, I'm afraid after saying Andrew Kane was 26 a couple of weeks ago and he was only 23, so, but, um, uh, you know, so Keelan is twenty, I think. Regards, Bob Keelan, like Jeremy Wall, or if, oh, anyway, <laughs> one, anyway, not too far. Old. Um, Craig Wall's hand pass to, to to Jamie, like was a, you know, if I'd have went in, if some boats make pots and hands, but uh, we know who we over job at that stage. But uh, <laughs> that goal didn't go in. The goal didn't go in, so. Alfie's interception then as well, he just, when he got the ball to his hand, like, and next minute he, he sees the road in front of him, and he casually passes it over the bar, and back up, and you know, suddenly it's four points. And, um, but the spread of scores, like, and, and they were shooting from probably better positions than, than uh, Ballon Killen did. Their shot selection was probably better. And I suppose when you're from winning two games, these things are going to come, come more natural to you. Ballon Killen, if you're losing a game or two, one game was it? Uh, you're probably you're a bit more desperate without without mean to be desperate. You're shooting that will possibly. You know, I know Limerick yesterday probably shot fourteen or fifteen wides, but they were scoring thirty two points as well. Um, so yeah, Bankson very impressed with them. Uh, then more or less the first half, the second game. I know you're going to talk about that later, uh, and then you see then Bankson are where they are. There's still another rung on the ladder to go still. Yeah, and I'm glad that was actually going to be the segue into the second game, right? Because while we opened the programme by saying it was probably the best half of Harlem we'd seen in the Ireland final by, by Limerick, that first quarter, and we haven't been looking at quarters in Harlem for a very long time, lads, only the last two years, it was literally an exhibition. 111 um, in that period, like in 15 minutes, 111 to three points, I believe. And that was in the pisses of rain as well, like. You know, it wasn't like it was the same weather as the, the game before that. I just thought Rangers in that period were awesome. They were slick, like, and, and as I fully agree with you, Stevie, um, while Ballinkillen or while Bindestown were, were so impressive, like, Rangers were up a gear for that period now. That was a serious gear. Um, is that maintainable over a longer period? I'd say it is. Um, I'm really looking forward to the game between the two of them, and we will come to that a little bit later as well. So let's crack on to that game. Like, as you said, yeah, they're just awesome. Like Rangers were awesome in the first in the first quarter. Saint Mullins couldn't get near them. Like literally could not get near them. John Nolan finished off the goal. The points just kept pop, 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 pop. That's twelve scores in fifteen minutes. Like that's that's no joke. It's actually fifteen scores in fifteen minutes in general. Because obviously Saint Mullins got three points as well. Like they didn't know what to do. And I think even up as far as half time, maybe like Saint Mullins were still a little bit at sea. What was it? What was it? Half time was it two fourteen to seven? I think they, they got yeah. the group then in 
the third quarter and outscored Rangers eight points to three. And in the end, it did finish 221 to 20 points. So I think St. Wons today, what did they score? Maybe by a point in the last quarter as well. Like, while they came back into the game, like, lost one there. Not me this time. It's not you this time. It's taking Nolan over there. Jamming. <laughs> yes, don't be, I tell you, if you want someone to play music, we get Dave O'Neill or something on there. Don't be <laughs> oh, I was only touching the screen. I was uh, taking uh, cobwebs off the screen here. Oh, Take away your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the game. I, what, the point I was going to make, while St. Mullins played at a very good standard in the in the second half, like, would you... Joy, I think you would go off into me again for this. But Stevie, it's a question I, I was kind of thinking in my own mind. Like the level of St. Mullins hurl at in the second half, was that on par or better than what um, Biden Sound showed? Hard to, hard to gauge because look, you had your you got your fix at halftime, James Dyle was moved up the field straight away, he's fouled. He brought off I think he got two yellow cards off of Michael Dyle and someone else. Brought down. Um, Rachel said, "Look, the game was effectively over half time. If you can say that, with with Monster Range and Samuels a thirteen point lead. Um, like Oshin Ryan, six points in play. I, I like he he he. Hey, us in the budget hope. I'm going to bring you back to the point before we talk about it. Are they on par with uh, with Bindersound's performance, or was that performance better? It was Pace and Rain as well, like?" Yeah, well, that's the, uh, the Bagnestown physicality is going to be questioned in a couple of weeks, uh, and, that, and that's not giving you an answer. Uh, as in, Sam Mullen scored, what did the score? The second half, he said it won't be, the one the second half be six points. Um, points, yeah, the second half, yeah. Yeah. With James Dale going forward, if James Dale is wearing 11 or 14 going forward, uh, would have been on a par with with Bangson's first, uh, you know, Bangson's display going forward. But um, yeah, like the, but they never threatened. They never threatened to get a goal. And Rangers were, you know, cute enough. Right, James Dyle, stop him out there. Uh, let let Kyle tap it over the bar. Keep the scoreboard taking over. There's no goal going in. Michael Dyle took him down once, and someone else took a yellow card for took one for the team. And then one has to go up and get got two or three points near the end just to bring it back to the you know when one has he was down to four points at one stage ended up set you know so uh it's horses for a course at that stage keep the scoreboard the two goals they got the first half like john noel he's a fighting prospect if he's if he's left in the full forward lane in there he's a you know chris little gets four or five points in play and that's that's like saying you know you're taking that for granted and dennis murphy would He'll get five or six in freeze at least, and the couple from play possibly might be got hundred or then. Oh, you're suddenly up to one twenty, and that's what Bangs are going to have to. And Sam Mullins, whoever's going to be, they're going to have to get that more. Yeah, plain and, plain and simple. So we can kind of talk about individual performances a little bit here now. Um, and from like John Nolan got two six from play, so rage stuff. Like, um, I'm not. I'm. This is going to sound a little bit ridiculous. I'm not surprised because I know he's capable of doing it, right? But for me, the most impressive player on show, even though he scored six points less in theory, was Oshin Ryan because I didn't expect that from him. He blew me away. Like 
he was taking ball out of the sky. He was leading the charge. And actually, in that period in the first quarter, I think he got a score um, and won, won a high ball as well from a puck out. Like, and six points from play for a lad. Do you know what? Like, two, you don't expect two six from, from John Nolan, right? But you know he's capable of it, right? And maybe it's just my own ignorance that I didn't know much about the Associate Ryan chap. But he literally came like a ball from the blue and reminded me of Connor Whelan. Red helmet and everything, left hand on top. First instinct, drive at the goal, good paw, and showed real leadership at a time when they were struggling and kept it going throughout the 60. So that's what that's what really impressed me. Um, and incidentally, the two lads are nominated for uh, Player of the Week along with uh, along with Craig Dyle, which uh, we did put out to the Twitter post, so we'll be announcing that um, in a little bit. But... Uh, yeah, like Steve, you were standing beside me for it. Um and you, you kinda of touched on O'Shean Ryan. He was unbelievable. You kinda of touched on John Nolan, he was unbelievable. But I mean the pattern of play, I was driven demented in the first half with St. Mullins because it reminded me of last week, I think, on the podcast and we were talking about the balance of the team and where lads should be playing and, and Joe and Pat were talking about it, right? And um actually do you know what it's probably a good time i asked most this question so i have to go an alternative route in in bringing this up to the screen so just bear with us for for one moment we have to go screen share this we didn't get the upload on on time so just bear with us one sec and we'll bring her up all right there we go most cabinet um unfortunately obviously you're out injured we've known that for some time it's just kind of nearly i'm not going to say um management because you're not in the management team but is a little flavor into maybe what could be happening in a decade's time oh god i don't i don't know about that um i know like i wouldn't i don't have much to say at all. i wouldn't have any say really regards management regards team wise but look i'll help as i help as much as i can like so regards that's just giving a little bit of um in, in, information to the forwards or, or, or just a few talks here and there like that's what i do like you know so I suppose obviously I can't play, so the next best I can thing to do is um, just get involved with the boys and, and be there for them. So that's what I'm just trying to do. Like, you're obviously giving a bit of advice to Oshie and Ryan. Five points from play, super performance. I actually felt he was your best player. I thought he was brilliant there today. Yeah, no, he's 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 a very good player. He's he's loads of hurling and like he's still young and that and he kind of got a glimpse of him tonight. Like I suppose, but look, that's <clears throat> that's great for him now and he'll give him great confidence going forward. But hopefully now we can build on that going on to next weekend now. So I suppose, like, I'm going to borrow another cliche, there must have been harsh words at half-time because, like, the first half was, was dreadful. The first quarter in particular, I think it was one eleven to 3 and you have to give Rangers credit, they were very, very slick. However, you did react, like, so there's obviously big positives to take from that. Yeah, look, there's no, there's no sure caught in it. Like, the first half was, it was diabolical, really, from our point of view. And, um, look, if we had to say we had to say at half-time, but, like, the lads knew that anyway. Look, we just need to just give them a little bit of a kick up the hole or, or whatnot. But, as you said, like, we the second half... Was was very good. It wasn't look. It was it was only it was only very good. That's it. We have a lot to prove on still, but I suppose it, it gives us a good boost going to train now next week that we came back like that, like you know, because at half time it wasn't looking pretty. So going forward now it gives us a good boost. Like look, we won the second half and we can take that positive going going forward now. So. And just to finish up, Mouse, I just felt personally that there was a better balance team in the second half with James going to centre forward, with Paddy going to the middle, and Mick Welsh going back centre back because. In my opinion, like Michael Welsh can play centre back, Jerry Cody can play centre back, Paddy can play centre back, James can play centre back. But like the boys will help me now for saying it. Can any of them play centre forward as good as James Dyle though? Paddy, Paddy we know is a forward, but James just gives that threat and when he runs, he causes problems. And we saw it literally five seconds into the second half for East Rail away. So I just felt that balance maybe worked in your favour. Yeah, no, look I suppose like if you if you want if you put it down to anything, what changes in the second half was probably James going up t- up closer to the goal like like we all know what what James' ability going forward and, and the speed he has and, and the strength of the man like 
um, it's going to tr- c- cause trouble to any any backline in, in in the country. Like so, obviously, look him close to goal. It, it is a bit, it is it is good for us, but look, he's he is very good at centre centre back as well. Like so, again, look, that's not my decision to make. Or I'm not going to I'm not going to make a call on that now. But look, whether he's a six or eleven, he he's a, he's a huge impact to the game anyway. So look, we'll see what what the, what we are going forward, what the plan is. But. Look, it was great for him. Now, it's, look, we've only seen what he was about again now in the forwards there. Well, look, we'll see. We'll see Saturday night. How far away are you? <laughs> um, look, apart from about three foot away from me at the moment, but in terms of getting back playing, like yeah, no, I'm getting closer. I'm um, look, train. I'm up and training. Two meters, by the way. Sorry, two meters. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting closer. I'm up and train. I'm up and up in my training um, load every week. So look, I'm, I'm getting there. Um, look, I'll up train again this week. Um, regards this Saturday, probably, probably not. Like to be honest with you. Uh, look, it's 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 still a bit weak, and I don't want to take any chances on it. So, but look, I'll do another nice bit again this week of training, like so, and, and I'll go to the gym and I'll I'll, I'll try to build it up. But look, we'll, again, I'll, I'll see how it is. But look, hopefully, um, hopefully I can see some action this year. All right, so there you go. Um, I don't know if all the audio went out there. You know, the lads here were, were having trouble listening to it, but um, we will stick videos up actually individually anyway for lads to have a little listen to them afterwards, as well as having it in the in the stream here. Um, so. Yeah, like you heard what you had to say. Like he he played down the fact he's not on the management team, but he was given a lot of instruction to lads. And um, yeah, I mean he 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 would transform the side if he if he was back. There's some things going on in that place. I tell you one thing: we may we may get a studio for. Stevie, are you still in the quarry there? Are you in the canteen in the quarry or something? <laughs> well, that's the next week. Next week's episode is from there. Uh, you have Neve, Neve out breaking stones there, or uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on up there at all. Um, look, you heard you heard what Mouse had to say. The questions were kind of were kind of put to and like I'll put them to you guys as well. I I just did feel with with the whole balance. Like James went to centre forward, and within five seconds he was fouled, and he kept running and kept running. A couple of times he got dispossessed. Give Rangers a bit of credit for that. But he was causing a little bit of havoc and they gave him something to think about. Mick Welsh did go back centre back, Cody went to the middle and they looked a little bit better for that, like, you know. So it was kind of case in point proven. And that's why you'd be saying to the like a Joe, if you saw maybe Dion Wall at three and David English at six, that these things do work sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but, but I suppose on the, on the flip side, Kevin, you know, sometimes you have to, like I said, take a chance to push lads, you know what I mean, to get the scores. And. You know, that's that's the that's the that's the kind of conundrum that we're in too, like, you know, in terms of I know, I know. it's not it's not like for like comparison. Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm saying to you in terms of like in terms of positioning lads, like, you know, um and, and it depends on the game, like we said with James, I know it worked when he when he you know, and it was pro- I thought it was really a trick missed against in the Bagstone game, especially when the game was in the mental pot, not to push him on when they were man up. Uh against us, no problem because you know, they, they were tip, tapping over the points, they were kind of in control. He was sitting back. He was, you know, holding things together, very disciplined and organised. And, you know, and we were always chasing that game. Um, but it is kind of horses for courses, I suppose. But you'd ha- it, look, probably unbalanced. Look, you know, like he's so so hard to hold further out the field. I mean, you know, the year, the year that the bet was and they went on to 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 win and and, and get to the Leinster final. Um, I think we held Mouse. I think we held him apart from free. I think Shawnee might have held him. He might have got a point from play, which you know was unbelievable like Shawnee and him had an unbelievable battle but the same day James Dyle scored eight points in play like you know from midfield centre forward he has that you know he has that dynamic like you know I mean look but isn't it great he's a fantastic chap he's hurled anywhere like sure geez he, 
he has the attributes to hurl anywhere. That's the killer, isn't it? Like, you know, if you like this, you know, he can hurl anywhere, literally anywhere, you know, and you know he do a job, you know, and his attitude is spot on. The thing he done the other day as well, and it wasn't for the entire second half, but for most of it, it, it kind of, until they got reset, it forced, um, what do you call it? It forced... Uh, Dear McBorn to actually have to worry about him a little bit more and not be able to drop back and protect that second. Newton Bamberg's microphone until he gets these technical issues started. The sooner he gets studio built, the better. I'll build him up here. He's, a, he's over in the pound in, in Paulstown now, is he? And next week, next week, I've got the Scully. We've brought to you with Cork and Pringas. Thanks as well. But anyway, um, like that's what happened though. Dear McBorn had to worry about James a bit more, didn't get to go back and protect the full back line. And now, after a while, I think Jack Ryan may have moved over onto him, onto, onto James Dillon. Dillon went back sweeping a little bit. But I think in, in that period, there was a bit more ball getting in past, and, and what do you call it? Seamus Murphy scored a couple of points. You know, the, gap, the gaps were there to deliver the ball in two if they, if they wanted to. But, um, you know, Rangers still responded in fairness. Though. They didn't go away. Like, they had a bad third quarter, but they, do, they came back and... We're still seven points in the end, but we have a couple of comments in, lads. So um, one of them is, I think Alfie had one of his ankles reconstructed only a few months ago. Freakish. It is indeed, yeah. And we'll, we'll actually bring up this one here on the on the screen from you, Harry Moore. How's Dale <laughs> feeling? How's Dale feeling still hard and senior? It's very harsh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, But isn't there, like, isn't there a prime example of lads, you know, lads changing their game and hurling anywhere? I mean, like, you know, go back a good few years, and David David was uh, he hurled wing forward, he, uh, you know, middle of the field, centre back, full back. You know, he can he's kind of adapted. Um, I know some lads adapt depending on, on what's left in their legs, but there's a lad who's showed you know unbelievable, you know, adaptability. Like you know, got a key positions. Like you know, ball, a ball winning half hour wasn't an awful man to get you know scores, but a big ball winner up there. And now was you know back in the edge of the square. You know, and it's marked uh, the best of the best of what's in the county and done really well in them. You know, um, so again, look, it maybe proves that lads can can chop and change a good bit, like you know. But a uh, bit harsh there, Hugh Paddy at our age, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jenny Mac. Yeah, look, lads, as we said, you can get in touch with us there. Just comment underneath the stream post on Facebook or comment on it underneath Twitter or YouTube, and we do have the the capability to bring it up. Or, or, or go go to Stevie's back window and show it in. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> and we get to the comment on plus one. Fan <laughs> break plus one. That's what we'll have, we'll have up in the corner of the screen. Lads, you're not here to enjoy yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so, fixtures wise, lads, and um, we have to keep this brief now, right? We've yeah. we'll team of the week and player of the week to go through still. Oh, my God. And it is actually. <laughs> it could be done. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry, I just can't take it anymore. But just, in fairness, now in my in my, I would I'll defend Stevie slightly. I told him to get to a place with better internet and more light. So I'm, <laughs> on that one, we, didn't, we didn't factor in more nice as well. We doing sorry. Right? So, <laughs> <take, laughs> uh, we someone cut, we someone cutting sticks in the background next. <laughs> I'm making worse. I'll have to move in a minute here because the battery is nearly gone. Oh, come on. Quick. Right, so the fixtures, <laughs> take three. Um, on Saturday, yep, Netwatch Cullen Park, 6 o'clock, you have Navon and St. Mullins at 8 o'clock, it's one of the surrenders, Ballon Killen. First game and verdict. So it was, this is this is a tasty one 
you know, context on it, it is actually still very much all to play for. And I think it's uh, maybe a little bit harder to call than the second one. Look, I'm going to give prediction on the second one first. That's it at lock. I think we'll be unanimous the same. Honest Rangers are probably going to win this, lads. Let's wrap it up fairly quickly. Presumably so. Yeah. There we go. Unless unless something serious happens in the meantime and there's a big drastic change, it's just they're a level off them at the moment, unfortunately. And I don't know if they're going to bridge the gap in the space of a week. So I think Rangers win that one. And the lads agree as well. So the first one, six o'clock then. Yeah. Nave Owen and St. Mullins. So big improvements with Nave Owen. And then St. Mullins, as we said, you know, big improvements in the second half of their game. Nave Owen had the week off. This is not easy now. Um, Stevie, you, you go first there. Yeah, I was thinking about this today. And a, a funny feeling, Nevo might pull this one out of fire. I don't know why, but I'm going to go with him. Um, there might have been enough in that match against Monet's range. No Monet's range is only 14 for 35 minutes of it. Um, I'm going to give him a, a slight nod in this one. Now, uh, the fact that Mullins have won one game, they need a they need a win to put you know tie up the semi final spot. If you look at it from another point of view, if we're taking Monster Rangers going to beat Ballon Killen, this game might might sure could win this game and still might matter the following week because it, it'll come down to it'll be basically a quarter final with ourselves and Ballon Killen if Ballon Killen lose to Monster Rangers and you know so. Uh, I, as I said, I should have their the sixteen scores apiece. The last uh, two goals obviously look like like Limerick. When it's around, you can't, you can't be letting them get goals in the first minute, first five minutes. Brian Tracy had to bring off a couple of good saves. Um, that's the that's the first game, is it? Is my the first game? Yeah, six o'clock. Unfortunately, we'll be looking for streaming for that because we have a, we have a confirmation here Saturday. So, um, yeah, I, I give just that the, I know the week up, you might be saying, but like you're looking ahead this week on week with games and you have to break at some stage. And, and uh, looking at the, the list of Ross Smithers, uh, Killy McCabe was actually playing the media game yesterday. I kind of I forgot about him. I've seen him playing the media yesterday. Um, will the likes of James Smithers, these lads, Scott Tracy, you know, lads that are James Smithers new to the scene. Will he give any bit more to the job? His his pace against Sam Mullins would it be uh, a better option than in other games? Um, Look, John Michael Nolan, we've always said he's worth three or four points in any game. Uh, Connor Foley, these lads, this is a game. It's kind of a free shot in one way. It, it, it might sound stupid that the, the game the following week could be the one more likely to decide whether to get to semi final or not. But uh, I'm going to go with Michael Narrow victory. Now, look, James Dale, Kevin, you're, you fly for him to be centre forward, he's centre forward. You'll be thinking they're going to play centre forward now again next next Saturday starting off. Um, if they don't, they're going back to what they, they looked at for the first 30 minutes last Sunday or Saturday evening. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with Michel by a pint or two. Right, Joe? Yeah, I think it'll be a very, very close game. Um, 
I, uh, I suppose not to give a prediction. I, I, I do think probably Sam Mullins might shed it. Um, I think they might maybe, you know, this is an important one for them because, like, if Michael beat them, um, and if the second game goes to, I suppose, goes like as we think, probably with a Mullinster Rangers victory, um, then, you know, then it, you, you potentially could have three, if we were able to beat Michael the following week, if you get me. You know, you could be into a three-way playoff thing and score difference and so on. So, you know, I think probably, probably Saint Mullins, you know, don't want to kind of go down into that sort of a, a thing and, and and leave it hang like that. And I think they'll they'll try probably they'll try probably um, what do you call it? Try to avoid that and 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 and, and go for the win. Um, I do actually think if if Navon, you know, if it does go to a and a tree, you know, it could go against us or against against our favor. Um, if um, you know, if it does come to a three-way playoff in terms of score difference, that's the only thing. I, you know, I'm putting my ball and killing hat on. You know, I know we're kind of not talking about the second game, but from a ball and killing point of view, even if we were to win, uh, you know, if even if we were to beat Michel, um, and it was a three-way playoff, you get me with with, with teams level on points, level on wins, um, that probably come against us, but. I do think uh, I do think um, I think Sam Mullins might maybe you know might have got the balance a little bit better. And when you see the likes of Oshin uh, Oshin Ryan popping up with scores, and I think Connor Connor Kyo got a couple of points as well, and I think he'll improve. And I know Seamus Murphy came in as so we talked about you know impact and that like. And I I think maybe they'll they'll kind of have you know they've seen they'll 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 have teased things out a little bit in terms of their team, and I, I think it might be just a bit to, uh, enough to get a more line. I think Navon will give him a massive game. I think the, I, I was very impressed with him against uh, against uh, MLR. Um, I just thought their hurling actually just let them down the day, but their work rate, their game plan, everything was spot on. And it'd be very interesting to see probably two of the the, the quickest men in, in Carlo hurling if, if they are to mark each other in terms of uh, of uh, James Doyle and um, uh, Ross Smithers marking each other, two very pacey, athletic uh, players. But uh, just a hesitant nod to St. Mullins on that one. Yeah, I'm going with that one as well. Um, right, so let's move on to Team of the Week, lads. Um, right, we'll just run down through it. And there's no unluckies or anything like this because we just simply haven't got the time and we'll end up forgetting someone anyway. Uh, goalkeeper um, was a topic of discussion. It was a toss-up between Dean Grennan and Andrew Townsend. We went with Dean Grennan in the end. Again, puck-out's very good, steady hand. Um, you know, just that's, I suppose, Andrew has all those things as well. But just literally... Dean gets a nod here. Full back line, Andrew Casey, Keen Doyle, Carl Connolly. Um, like you mentioned Keen Doyle a little bit earlier. He <coughs> had full back last year, but deputized now because Darren Olin was ruled out obviously the other day through suspension. Uh, and solid, I do agree with that. Andrew Casey, solid as well. Uh Carl Connolly's in the other corner. Again, you know, I thought very, very steady. Half back line, Jack Murphy, Alfie, and Mick Welsh. Like even the half hour that Mick Welsh hurled in the half back line. Thought it was pretty good there. Kevin Mack and Niall Hickey in the middle of the field. So Kevin Mack, like, obviously played down his wing forward, where spends a lot of his time. He's nearly like a third midfielder. He's literally out that far, and he goes back into the half-back line. So that's justifiable, I think, to put him in the middle alongside Niall Hickey, who scored three great points from play. Um, Half-forward line, Craig Dial, brilliant. Playing the hurling of his life, in my opinion. I mean, he's definitely playing as good now as what he did 10 years ago, maybe even longer. Like, he's, he's playing great stuff. James Doyle sent Mullins a centre-forward, even for that half an hour. Did enough in the half an hour to justify it. Danny Doyle, absolutely brilliant as well. Um, not far off, a contender for Player of the Week, actually. Um, then full forward line, Oshin Ryan, John Nolan and Andrew Kane. 
So, um, like, we had didn't really have too much arguments about this, lads, as such. It wasn't that difficult, was it? Like, it, I know there's, we're not going to go into lads who are unlucky. <laughs> from time. There wasn't, we've had worse arguments mm-hmm. over the whole thing. Yeah, a lot of a lot of more fairly solid, fairly nailed on in furniture. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stevie, you're happy enough anyway. Oh yeah, sure. Look for ball stars. They were picked last night the Sunday game. They're to give uh, or their version to give eleven Limerick lads on it, and some lads were whinging they should have had two or three more on it. So you can't be right all the time. Yeah, we'll see the comment section. See will any any more comments come in there. Yeah, and that's just point your comments there if you think someone should be in team of the week whether you're watching live or whether it's later on just literally comment under the post or you know there's no hassle that way right so yeah player of the week then we put this out to a twitter poll um i will get a little comment on this lad so it was craig doyle of Aaron zone or Aaron zone jeremy by the gale sorry lads uh Oshin ryan st mullins and uh john nolan monster the rangers uh in the end uh, craig doyle takes it by four percent um so who was your hurler the week, Stevie? Um, probably John Noel, I'd say. Right, okay. Joe, like, I suppose it's unfair to ask you because I know you didn't see the second game. Like, uh, I'll Alfie. give... Alfie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, oh, the three mentioned. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, uh, probably, well, I, I look, I didn't see the second game, so I can't comment. Right. I talk, it's yeah. not fair to even ask it. There's no point, yeah. in, no point yeah. asking. Like, I find this actually tough because they all, the stream did hurl very, very well. Like, And even though John Nolan scored more than O'Shea Ryan, I thought, I just thought the tap was brilliant. I thought he was absolutely brilliant, you know. So I, I'd probably go with O'Shea Ryan, to be honest with you, even though John Nolan scored more, which I'm going to get plenty of stick about. Like, But yeah, that, that's what I'm going with. So. Lads, just before we finish up, we have uh, Camogie to talk about as well. Um, that was a weird game on Saturday. Carlo and Tipperary, intermediate relegation playoff. Uh, Carlo were comfortable, and then Tip really came back, and Carlo held on. So, great to see them at the grade again for next year. 100%. Mm. Yeah, brilliant. Great progress being made there in Furness now. I know Pat Hearn is, we'll be chatting to Pat every now and again about it, and there's great work going on in Furness. So, yeah. well done, girls. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. Uh, in other news, Damo Jordan appointed as uh, the new GDA for Carlo. I'm delighted for him. I think he's Taylor Medford. Um, we did try to get him on the pod the last few weeks. I believe he's uh, busy enough at the moment. Um, so hopefully in a few weeks' time we will we will get him on again. Lads, I think that's pretty much it. We've uh, we've gone through a fair bit, as the fella said. As he said, you can get in touch with us if you want. We are across social media. You're obviously watching us on social media if you're still tuned in. But for those who, you know, want to get in touch, as you said, you can comment on this direct post. Um, but we are available on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can email us there at leftwingbackpodcast.gmail.com. And the handle across those other platforms I mentioned is simply at leftwingback. So, again, we just want to thank our sponsors, Corcoran Precast. Thanks for looking after us again. And that's where we have to leave it. I'm actually not around at the weekend, lads. There's a small matter of a stag party to attend to. So I'll leave it in your capable hands. I'll check back here, hopefully not too groggy, next week. And thanks for your time, all right? Cheers, Kev. Take care, lads.